welcome to episode 30 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman, and I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and today we're doing something a little bit different. A few uh, months ago or so, we had uh, Rob Kelly in town, and Rob is the president and CEO of an organization called For Charlotte. Um, that's in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he was in town talking to some church leaders, some leaders of our city, and talking about this idea of what it, what it means when we kind of bring churches together and leaders together when they actually care about the same thing and what the impact that can be on our city. And Brett Nicholson, our lead pastor and the other co-host of the podcast, had an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with him. So what you're going to hear today is the conversation with Rob and Brett. Well, Rob, where I want to start is, uh, first of all, just uh, tell everybody who you are, and and that means everything from just name and background, family, just any of those kinds of things. Sure. Uh, Rob Kelly from Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, married to my much better half, Ani, and uh, we have two great kids, uh, Addison Grace and RJ, and uh, was raised actually in Seattle, but have been in Charlotte the last 18 and a half years, most of which is a pastor, and um, went to uh, University of Washington in Seattle, but then went to Gordon-Conwell in, in Charlotte. And uh, about seven or eight years ago, we started a network of churches uh, called For Charlotte that uh, is really bringing pastors and leaders together in our city around mission. We actually launched this network platform where we have 14 networks around the city uh, connecting, again, connecting churches on mission together in our city. Wow. Okay. Let me, let me have you unpack that sure. just a little bit. Because, yeah. So, so you were a pastor at yeah. one point, just yes. kind of uh, in the greatest profession. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're a pastor in, a, in just an individual church, yeah. and at some point you stepped out and said, I want to help. When you say create a network, what exactly do you mean by that? Sure. So I was pastoring for a long time in, in Charlotte and was deeply burdened by uh, the division that I saw between the churches in our city. Uh, we're a large southern city that's deeply divided across racial, denominational, socioeconomic lines, uh, geographic lines even. Uh, you can chart them in our city. And it's certainly what I was experiencing in pastoral ministry didn't align with what I was reading in the scriptures of what Jesus's heart was for the unity of his church. And knowing that churches often would divide over uh, secondary theological issues or uh, worship preference or style, uh, where they can divide on those things, what we found is that they could really come together around Christ's mission in the city, where they, uh, the hopeless need the hope of Christ or the, uh, where hungry people need to be fed, you know, uh, that we can come together around those issues, those different uh, needs in our city. And so what we began to do is say, how can we rethink a new way that the church can, can operate together in the city? And so we began to build this network. Uh, and then it, those networks began to multiply where we would get pastors that are uh, leading and shepherding congregations throughout the city. We would get them in rooms together and they would pray and they would build relationship. They would reconcile relationship. They would learn the needs of their community together and then begin to collaborate on mission. And it, this idea that started many years ago became more than an idea to the point where now there's about 200 churches in our city that are partnering together in either geographic regions of the city, uh, like east, west, north, south, or around issues in the city, like foster care or church planting or prayer. Or uh, we have a network of Latino pastors, Spanish language network, that are coming together around uh, community health issues in the Spanish, in the Latino community. And so we just create those networks, those platforms, and God does amazing things when we can set aside 
some of these uh, differences that we have on these secondary issues, but we come together around the mission of Christ for the transformation of the city. Now, it, it, this may be a simple question, but I want to make sure everybody's kind of onboarded too. When you say network, how do you define a network? Just give a simple definition. Yeah, I mean, part of my job is just trying to get pastors in rooms together. I don't know how to say it and any other way. that is, ladies like, and gentlemen, a full-time job. That is a full-time <laughs> job with actually multiple staff. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it grew, and it, there's a lot of needs. So we, get, uh, we have these networks that are led by pastors, that where pastors come together and they meet monthly to break bread, to, to pray together, right? To build a relationship together. And the coolest stuff comes out of that. They start, they start collaborating on mission. Pastors that may have never known each other, that their churches are just down the street from one another, are now friends. We started this just with this idea of what would our city look like? Again, a city that's deeply divided, deeply divided on so many lines, especially within the church. What would our city look like in 20 years if the pastors in our city loved each other? I'm still really curious what that's going to look like, but it's, 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 it's Are you 40% along the way or 20 or? I'm telling you, well, in a city of about a thousand churches, now you have 20% of them that are on board with this idea. Is that right? And they're actually meeting together and collaborating, collaborating together. together and obviously there's different levels of buy-in and different levels of, depending on the church, but we're seeing it happen. We're seeing it take off, and it's really exciting. And from the time that you stepped out of your world that you were where you're in, in this individual church and started doing that, you know, timeline, roughly how long has that been? That We've been at started? it for about seven years now. Okay, uh, so years I was pastoring in a church, and my church really saw this idea starting to take hold, and so actually gave me half of my time my last three years to really go and help build and, and, and grow this, this network. And then the last four years, we've been doing it full-time, and we have multiple staff now that are, that are uh, working to kind of build this. It, it's essentially a backbone organization that helps create uh, these environments where, where the church can collaborate together. We produce a lot of resources. We have a technology that helps them collaborate in the city. We are a neutral convener for the church, so we do a lot of gatherings uh, that bring the church together to focus them on the needs of the city. And so we produce all of those different aspects that uh, bring the church together, but it's really about the church. It's not, I run a small nonprofit. It's about the church living out the prayer of Jesus in John 17. And when he prayed, Father, may they be one so that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And so we want to create environments and platforms and networks where the church can live out uh, its call uh, towards the oneness that Jesus called us towards on mission together. Well, and, and so you said a while ago that you did find that churches, even though they divide over your style versus my style and those kinds of things, it's the mission of the city itself that you did find some, uh, some real collaborative uh, traction, Absolutely. I should say. So, and as we're talking about just building a great city, and we're talking out of our own individual church, we have relationships with other churches, but honestly, at this point, not a lot of collaborative work, if I'm being real honest. We do some, but uh, not a whole lot. Um, what are some of the... Uh, the breakthroughs that you've seen or some of the issues that just give examples out of the Charlotte world of what is actually going on and how numbers of churches got together, looked at a problem, and you actually saw the needle move on solving a problem in your city. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I can give a number of different stories. Uh, West Charlotte is, um, they got about 10 churches in West Charlotte that are working collaboratively to engage. It's a deeply uh, racially divided part of our city, and um, they're working on uh, 
racial reconciliation, bringing uh, black and white pastors together that are bringing their churches together, doing, um, they've done these really cool cross-cultural Bible studies where members of churches are, are meeting regularly in small groups with other uh, members of other churches to uh, to work together, where they're mobilizing 1,915 volunteers in those churches to help uh, third graders read in the eight Title I schools in West Charlotte. Uh, I can talk about uh, 60 churches now are part of this network we have called Congregations for Kids that is engaging the foster care crisis in our city. And it got so big that we actually launched it out as its own nonprofit last year. And now they're engaging uh, this, this, this real need in our city to actually live out the 41 passages of the we have in scripture to, to care for the fatherless among us, that we have a biblical call. Again, these issues in our city, they're not just social issues, they're gospel issues, right? right. That God's calling us to engage these, these needs. I can tell you about the, the 25 churches that are partnering with our, um, our university in Charlotte, the a hospital system, the uh, uh, 60 businesses in the university city area of where our, our university is to partner together around these uh, economic um, uh, mobility, housing crisis issues, a poverty, uh, generational systemic poverty issues in that part of the city. It's a huge, it's called the U-City Family Zone. It's amazing the work that they're doing. And it's, it came because there was this relational connectivity that began. People began to pray together. God broke their hearts. And through that, innovation sprung up. And they said, look at all the different gifts and resources that are in all these churches and businesses in that area. And we are better together than apart. And we can engage these needs together. Now, let me make sure I understand, too. So you, you, your organization did not go and say, kids can't read, they need to be able to read. Uh, let's get some people to help kids read. It was more like getting churches and church leaders together, and they started talking and praying together, and that need surfaced in their geographic area? Ex- Is that Exactly right. right. It's about the church being the church, coming together. If, and I just firmly believe, and I, I believe, and I will go to my deathbed believing, that the greatest declaration of the gospel is seen and experienced in the unity of the church. And when you get the leaders within the church together in a room to pray and build relationship and trust, as God unites their hearts in, in prayer and relationship, something happens. It creates a platform for innovation to spring up. As God, as they learn the, the needs of their community, God will uh, bring to mind opportunities where they can collaborate together. And that's just, that's the church being the church. We're just trying to create environments where that can thrive. Gotcha. Okay. Now, so if, if I'm sitting in our service today and, yeah. and I'm, uh, maybe I uh, manage a restaurant or I have a health insurance business or I work in, uh, as an educator in the medical profession, I'm looking and I'm saying, that is a great idea. And it sounds like Brett has some things he needs to get on with his pastor buddies. So if, which I'm not saying I don't, I, I, I do. But if I'm in the marketplace and I'm not a church leader per se, uh, we have leaders in our church that do marketplace jobs, What's my role? Is there anything? I, I want to build a great city. So how do I affect that unity that you just talked about? Is there moves I could make? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I like to say I became a pastor, I guess, uh, seven, 16, 17 years ago. And when I became a pastor, that is the day that I left the ministry. I think it's very important because the way I read the scripture is that Paul says in Ephesians 4 that he set aside apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so your role is to equip the saints to do the work. It, it's going to take all of the saints 
to do the work of the ministry to, the scripture says, to love God, to love people, to make disciples, to serve the least of these, and to seek the shalom, to seek the peace and welfare of the city that you've been called to. And so to do that, it's going to require the whole church, all of the people of Jesus, to go and be the church to the city as one united body of Christ. So whether you are a stay-at-home mom or dad, or whether you are a teacher or a lawyer or a mechanic or whatever um, vocation that you are in, that you have an opportunity in your sphere of influence to live out your call, which is the mission of Christ in, in, in the city. Again, to love God, to love people. And here's the deal. Jesus is so clear on this. I just want to say that, that he's so clear. This great commission that we're given us is to make disciples of all nations, right? To baptize and teach. And he is super clear on how. I would argue Jesus is patronizingly clear on how. He says one new command. He's, we're given one new command in the scriptures. Love one another. By this, the world will know you're my disciples, if you love one another. So how well you're loving each other in your family, in your local congregation, and with the churches down the street as one united, unified body of Christ, it will declare to your city that Jesus is who he says he is and that God loves them as much as he loves Jesus. And the scriptures are clear on that point. While I have you, I, I, we one of the things that's kind of neat about our One Life family is I know that we have a number of innovative marketplace leaders. We just uh, we have very entrepreneurial people. It's awesome. kind of characteristic. So, and, and I heard you say at a meeting that we were in of pastors, you need to unleash these marketplace leaders. And I'm like, I'm all for that. Now I've got a big question that I want to get to right now. Of how do I do that? But uh, when you say that, what do you mean? And what would you say to people in the marketplace who are leaders and maybe entrepreneurs, just innovators, that they want to be in on the city building? When you say unleash those marketplace leaders, what are you saying? And what is that? how does that apply Absolutely. to that person? The, I believe the next great missional move of God has to come through the marketplace. We cannot delegate responsibility for Christ's mission to a few paid professional pastors and leaders. Um, and I say that as one of them, okay? Like this is, it has to be the whole church, all of the people of Jesus taking the whole gospel to the whole city. And so we need to be equipping the saints as teachers and leaders of, of, of the word of God to go and live out their God-given call to live out Christ's mission where they're at. And so that's, and I know from our conversations, I know that's what you're doing, but wherever you are at, it's not a coincidence. God placed you there as a, as a place to live out his mission. And so who else in your spheres of influence can you be encouraging with the gospel? Who else uh, in, in your maybe area of vocation can you be partnering with to see that realm of, our, of your city redeemed and restored through the gospel, whether it be law or education or the arts or the government or the media, whatever it is, all of these sectors and domains of the city have the church, the people of Jesus within them. How can you be a part of restoring those aspects of the society that God placed you in? Can you, can you give me, at least as we close out, can you give me an example of that happening and in Charlotte where, and that's one of the reasons we wanted everybody to hear this is because there is a city uh, that many of us have heard of, some of you have traveled to, you, uh, that is doing things on the scale a little bit ahead of where we are and where we want to get to where churches are united and city building is happening and redemption is going on and they're seeing success in that. So, but 
in a marketplace capacity? Uh, can you think of someone or, or just a story that kind of lifts to the surface where you saw someone who was an educator or a business leader or an entrepreneur or whatever that really made uh, that needle move in your city? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I have, uh, there's a, a friend I have in Charlotte that he's actually on my board and he runs this great business in Charlotte, a mortgage company that um, he, I like to say he, he started this mortgage company in 2008 by Googling, how do I start a mortgage company? And it's been the fastest growing uh, business in our city for a number of years. And it's awesome. It's been a great article it's, he read. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's a great article. Yeah. And, and he is saying, how can we create this movement of change throughout the financial services industry to show the love of God to people? And God is blessing their, their business like crazy because, and they, they can't give not just their finances away enough, but their time and talent and all the treasure that they have, that they are literally, this business is changing our city because God placed it on the, the founder and the early leaders to be to say, God, if you're going to give us this, this business, we want to leverage it, we want to use it for your glory. And they're just, it's amazing what they're doing. They're changing our city and the world through the gospel from a mortgage company. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing. And so, uh, so that just one example of someone taking, you know, you're not in the so-called full-time church ministry as we think of it in my role, but someone who just saw in the housing market, just I'm going to go in there and I'm going to apply uh, the things that I know God has called me to do and you're seeing change and, and using their Absolutely. profits to uh, take the, 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 the level of uh, bettering the life of people in, in the city and all the rest. So Absolutely. that's amazing. That is amazing. Well, I really appreciate you, Rob, being here and uh, giving your input. And it's nice to know that as we scan the country that there are things that are going on. And that's what I wanted people to know uh, most of all was that there are things going on in other places, the kinds of things we're talking about here. And, it, and we've got partners, we've got people who can educate us and help us and, and all the rest. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm sure we're going to be seeing you around again. At least I'm hoping so. And I uh, really appreciate your time. It's Thanks. been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If there was something that you heard that you really want other people to know, share it out on social media. You can use the hashtag OLPodcast. To ask us a question here at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I produced this episode. Our music is produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock.